Hey guys, so I wanted to come on here and redo this, mostly in a recording fashion, not a live stream fashion, so I adjust the camera here. Mainly due to the fact that last night, or late last night, when I was trying to do a live stream and everything, um, talking about you know, all this wrestling news, uh, the internet decided to go out for about 15-20 minutes. And apparently, Xfinity, in uh, Infinite Wisdom, once again said, Oh, it's a planned outage, so uh, we do apologize for any convenience. Or, you know, we found uh, an issue, a performance issue in your area, and we're going to fix it. And they're still fixing it, apparently. And I think what it really has to do, in my opinion, or at least partially in my opinion, is down the street over here is, the, you know, when you're coming off um, End Street, if you will, as it's called, you know, coming into... Newman and everything and the first real street in town. It's called N Street uh, Basically on the uh, turn to go down Inyo, which would come down to you know the street that you turn on to come to where we live to where I live I should say uh, They're working on that area. They're working on reconstructing that area and they'll be doing that until at least November from what they're estimating beginning of November and apparently in my opinion, I think that partially has to do with what's going on. You know, they're, you know, they're, you know, because they're basically doing this, it's going to interfere with, you know, some of the internet issues. Like, hey, you know, we may have to touch this and move this and do this and da da da, and it's screwing with people. So, you know, I'm guessing Xfinity, knowing about this, is like, well, what can we do? What can we say to avoid any kind of confrontation? And they just come up with the announcement of oh it's a, a planned outage or it's an unplanned outage or whatever it is it's basically maintenance you know it's basically maintenance and from what i understand basically it's you know it's just their way uh, and i'm sure they're not the only one i'm sure uh at&t direct tv dish network verizon cable vision companies and all that i'm sure they're all you know t-mobile i'm sure they're all the same way that the only reason they say, oh, it's planned or unplanned or whatever, or mostly planned, is to avoid giving you credit. Because they know if they do it and they don't announce, hey, we're doing uh, an outage and everything. We don't, basically they know that, what I'm trying to say is, they basically know that if they don't do, do that, they know that if they do the outage and they don't make any announcement, and even if that outage is for like 15, 20 minutes, half hour, whatever, they know they got to give you credit because you weren't informed, you know, or it wasn't, you know, maintenance or it wasn't weather related or anything like that. You know, they know that you have, they, they'll, they'll basically know you weren't informed. So, you know, they would have to give you credit and they want to avoid that. So by doing the, you know, excuses of planned outage or unplanned outage and everything is uh, just their way of avoiding credit, giving credit to folks, pretty much it, from what I understand. But I'm going to say this right now, and I'll probably talk about this more later. If I'm any of these you know, multimedia cable outlets from Xfinity, from, you know, from AT&T, from Verizon, you know, from T-Mobile, DirecTV, Dish Network, you name it, Cablevision. You know, if I'm any of these multimedia outlets that does all these services, you know, cable, phone, internet, security, if I'm them... I better keep eyes in the back of my head because, you know, sooner or later what's going to happen is they're going to end up getting a cease and desist order 
or they're going to get somebody suing them in a lawsuit for doing all these outages without notification, without texting them, without emailing them, without, you know, you know, snail mailing them, if you will. They are going to get a lawsuit or cease and desist, you know, because they're not informing people properly of, oh, these are the times and days throughout this month that we're going to be doing a, you know, an outage. Like, you know, like last night, you know, they, like last night when they did it, they could have said, yeah, at, you know, a week, you know, like last night when they did it, if they would have sent something out for the month of um, August, that being Xfinity, they could have listed it by saying, oh, by the way, uh, on this day, at this time, for about 30 minutes, we're going to do a maintenance, we're going to do a planned maintenance outage. So you're going to probably lose some service for at least that time frame so we can improve on stuff. You know, but they didn't do that. You know, they didn't do that. And it's it's pissing a lot of people off, honestly. It is pissing a lot of people off. And like I said, I'm not going to be surprised if in time all these, like I said, these multimedia conglomerates that provide all these services in one are going to basically have to deal with, um, you know, uh, deal with the consequences that come their way and I think they know that I think they know they're gonna have to deal with the consequences that come their way um, in the near future and I'm sure it's not gonna be the first I'm sure it won't be the first time it's ever happened so they got to be ready they got to be ready but with that said go, though guys um, let's get on to <coughs> excuse me let's get on to talking about some wrestling news that I was in I was trying to talk about last night uh, before the outage happened and everything. So uh, let's get into some of that wrestling news um, as we speak right here at the six minute mark. Okay, so let's talk about what happened on SmackDown this past uh, Friday because a lot of people have been under the impression that Jey Uso quitting WWE means he's legitimately gone. No. Uh, if anybody paid attention, you know, to the interview they did with Ariel Hawani. You know, if anybody paid attention to that, you know, they would know that the Usos basically told Ariel that one of their goals before, I guess, they hang it up or, or move on is to have a match with each other at WrestleMania. And if this is going to drag, you know, it, it, not drag, but if this angle because that's what it is of Jimmy of Jay quitting is to drag it out to that long then so be it if it's to drag it out to at least Survivor Series so be it you know but for anybody to be under the impression that Jay Uso is legitimately gone and he's AEW bound or he's impact bound or you know he's MLW bound or whatever people need to chill they need to chill because I mean I get it we're in a wrestling, uh, we are in a wrestling era, if you will, to where fans. I mean, let's be honest. If fans had the power to do what you know to control the business, if they had the power to control the business, they would basically, you know, take something like they would basically make sure that someone like Jay, even if they knew it was an angle, they would basically have Jay show up in AEW, you know, not only to make it seem more real and legitimate. But just so they can have their dream matches. You know. Th th that is why fans. You know that is why fans. You know. Even if they understand that this is an angle. 
you know, and they should. It's all part of the story. This is why fans, you know, will hype up. Oh, he's going to be all elite. He's going to show up at all in. He's going to be here. He's going to be there. It's because they want the dream matches. And again, if they had the power, they'd be like, okay, Sue, we know you're still in the WWE, but we're going to take you over here. We're going to put you in uh, in the AEW ring and all in against Kenny Omega, and you guys are going to have a 60-minute minute all-out classic. See, that's what they want. See, that's what they want. But, you know, the truth is, but the truth is they know that's not going to happen, and that's why I think... You know, they, they say these things because they're trying to live vicariously on the what-ifs. What if this could happen? This, you know, what if he goes and do this? You know, they they want... They, they're living vicariously through these, these fantasies, you know, of what-ifs that they want to become a reality. And they just... Because they can't accept the fact that this is just going to extend the Bloodline storyline... You know, with with the Usos and Roman and Solo and Heyman a little longer. Because a lot of people look at what happened at SummerSlam with Jimmy costing Jay the match. And Jimmy's reasoning for, hey, I'm not doing it. I didn't do it for Roman. You know, I did it because I didn't want you to get as corrupted, you know, as Roman if you became Tribal Chief. You know, it's like, it's like in a way he wasn't against Jay being champion or anything. But it's more like... I, you know, it's more like, hey, I didn't want you to be, cor- I didn't want you to have all that at once, and you becoming as corrupted as this a hole, you know, is supposedly about all about blood, all about family. So, you know, so you know, so a lot of people look at Jimmy's excuse there, and they're thinking, really, that's your reasoning, you know, that that you know, some people would accept that as a legitimate reasoning, like, okay, we see where you're coming from, we see where Jimmy's coming from. But then others are like, you know, they look at what Jimmy did at SummerSlam. They hear his reasoning, which caused Jay to leave WWE after super kicking all three of them into oblivion. That being Roman, Jimmy, and Solo. You know, people look at that and they're like, all this really is, is just to pad out this Bloodline storyline a lot longer. It's to pad us out to at least Survivor Series, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, whatever. That's all this really is. And in a sense, it kind of is, you know, it's kind of doing that. It kind of really is, because apparently the Bloodline's going to take a break, at least this week, from SmackDown. But a lot of, but a lot of fans feel that what we, ha- what we got, you know, in between SummerSlam last Saturday, you know, and, you know, SmackDown this past Friday, you know, a lot of people feel that it... Well, not last Saturday, but the SummerSlam we got a week ago this past Saturday, and then, you know, SmackDown this past Friday, you know, a lot of people look at that as WWE pretty much, you know, in their own way, kind of admitting that, yeah, maybe we should have pulled the trigger at WrestleMania when we did because we could avoid this. You know, we could avoid this kind of confusion or this kind of, um, like, you know, stuck in a, in a cliffhanger situation deal. And, you know, I, I can understand fans seeing it that way. And seeing WWE going this route is their way of admitting, yeah, we don't, we need a little bit more time to plan what the next step's going to be in the bloodline. Because now that's like, you know, you've done everything with the bloodline that you can think of. What's the next, what's the next logical step? Because 
obviously you want to get to Cody and Roman at WrestleMania 40. You know, so you can finally give Cody that moment. But, you know, where are we going? You know, what's the next step? And then, of course, you have reports coming out that Roman actually has creative control. So Roman, in a way, may have say in the outcomes of his matches and everything, or the outcome of how certain things with the Bloodline storyline goes. And if that's the case, it's, you know, you, if that's the case, you think WWE would realize from previous mistakes others have made that you don't give someone, even if they're Roman Reigns, creative control over what happens. I mean, yeah, Roman probably said, yeah, let him pin me in the tag match at, at Money in the Bank. Not a problem. Let him be the first one. But then, then, but then what? You know, Roman decides, oh, creative finish for tribal combat. You know, he's going to do, Jimmy's going to do this, that, that, that. It's like, it's like you wonder why people are now getting a little frustrated. You know, because now the scene, what's going on here, is the same thing that pretty much, you know, was one of the catalysts, one of the downfalls, you know, for uh, for WCW when they gave the likes of Hogan, you know, creative control, to an extent Kevin Nash creative control, Scott Hall, you name it. When they gave certain wrestlers there creative control over the scenarios, not as much as they did with Hogan, it's like, all you're doing is ruining, you know, all you're doing is ruining, you know, a, a good thing that you have um, before it has a chance to really kick into that fourth gear. I mean, Paul Heyman in the press conference saying, hey, we're in the third inning, inning and everything, oh, we're barely, you know, out of the third inning, you know, when it comes to the Roman Reigns situation. He's, according to some people, he said that before. So, you know, why would he say that again? It's because I think even Heyman realizes, yeah, we're kind of in a we're kind of in a stuck situation to where we don't know what the next step's going to be. You know, we don't know. You know where we're going to go from here with the bloodline storyline, and I think, and I think that's why they're taking a bit of a break right now, at least with this SmackDown, to kind of figure out okay, what's the next logical step, and everything. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens, but again, you know, I, I get why fans, you know, feel frustrated about, you know, you know, about, you know, about what's going on, and, you know, why fans, in my opinion, are coming out and basically, you know, believing in, or wanting to believe that Jey Uso is legitimately gone, because they want something to live vicariously through, because they realize that this bloodline situation is going to keep going on for much longer and it's getting to a point to pretty much, you know, it's run its course. And now a lot of, and that, and that now even those that, you know, vindicated, you know, validate, vindicated, validated, I should say, uh, for Cody not winning at WrestleMania are realizing, yeah, maybe Cody should have won at WrestleMania because we wouldn't be in this situation right now. But, you know, what are you going to do? You know, what are you going to do and everything? But, you know, that, that's what's happening. You know, that's what's happening right now. Um, you know, you know, people, you know, people want to believe, the reason, in my opinion, people want to believe Jay Uso is legitimately gone, is they're trying to live vicariously through the what-if scenario, because they're trying to, you know, they're trying to figure out, okay, what would be a good solution to really keep people still invested in this Bloodline storyline, um, 
that has pretty much run its course. You know, how can we, how can we, you know, get ourselves or keep ourselves intrigued and invested in it? And one of the things we're thinking about is, oh, what if, what if Jay was to, what if Jay was to show up in AEW, you know, and everything to really push this and show up it all in, you know, and all that. It's like, you know, we, we get it. You know, we get the fact that, you know, um, we, you know, again, I get the fact, we all get the fact that people are getting frustrated with this. They're getting, they're, they're wearing down, you know, the, the, you know, the, the run that the bloodline has had is waning on a lot of folks and they just want resolution. They want some kind of confirmation that we're close to the end. You know, so to me, I, I think that's why people come out and they say, look, you know, Jey Uso is going to be all lead or Jay's going to do this Jay's going to do that it's not because you know they legitimately believe Jay is gone from the company no they do it because they're trying to keep themselves invested they're trying to keep themselves you know as you know still intrigued and interested in the bloodline saga because they know honestly that this whole thing has run its course and are sick and tired of it you know, you know, being basically the same result, you know, with, you know, when it comes to Roman defending his title or whatever, you know, interference, retain, interference, retain, interference, retain, you know, they're getting sick and tired of it and they just want a strong finale or strong resolution or at least some kind of hint of, hey, it's coming to an end, just be patient. But again, I think that's why people you know, live vicar- uh, living vicariously through these what-ifs of, you know, Jay going elsewhere because he's quit the company. When they know that's not, they know that's not true. I mean, how many times, how many times basically, hold on for a sec while I do something. Huh. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Thank God for pause options, you know. Uh, but like I said, you know, I, I think that's why a lot of fans are uh, basically, you know, basically, you know, um, essentially, you know, I think that's why, you know, fans are basically, you know, saying these things, whether living vicariously, you know, through the what-if scenario of, you know, Jey Uso going here and there, because they want to keep themselves invested and everything uh, in the bloodline storyline because you know they they believe I'm sure this goes and I'm sure some of these fans that are are doing this are ones that advocated for Cody losing at Wrestlemania are now realizing as I said earlier that maybe they should have went with Cody because you know now they're in a situation to where basically you know you know basically they have to take a break at least for a week or so to try to figure out what the next step is going to be and everything and that's why to me they're acting like oh this is all real this is all legit when they know it's not so that's just my opinion the way I see it but yeah for anybody that truly believes Jay Uso is gone from WWE let me remind people of something they did this before with many superstars many superstars and it was always part of a storyline I mean let's go back about what was it 12 years ago or going on 12 years ago John Cena went through the same thing when he was part of the nexus and the storyline was well if he didn't help Wade Barrett become champion at Survivor Series he would be fired from the company and he was 
you know, he was uh, fired from the company in story, and the only way he would keep, you know, coming back was as Juan Cena, and that was it. So, you know, so that's basically, you know, and, and, and so basically, hold on for a sec. Just let that, what are you doing? Ah, damn, can't hear. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. See? Yeah, I have that unpaused on time to time. Sorry about that. I meant to have it paused and everything. That was my fault. Um, anyway, uh, like I was saying, you know, you go back, and I have to do this, and I'm, that's why I'm a little distracted. Anything? Hold on for a sec. Sorry about that. And again, if I had it unpaused previously, I thought it's because I thought I paused it and everything. Uh, my mom's just listening to something on cordless blinds because they had to replace the blinds in the kitchen and the cordless, and she's not, you know, really used to that. Uh, but anyway, as I was saying, you know, you know they they did this with John Cena. You know, they did this with John Cena and everything uh, back in 2011, like I said, and they went as far as what they did with Jay here. They immediately put his name in the alumni section only to have him be brought back about a month later, you know. And the reason they did that is to make it seem legit, make it seem real uh, when it wasn't. And John would still show up. He'd show up as a fan and all that, even though he'd get in the ring and attack. You know, he was still showing up, but he wasn't part of the company, and he's there was in the alumni section. So you kind of, so for anybody, so for anybody that, um, thinks, you know, that, you know, uh, Jay is totally gone, and he, and, you know, his name is in the alumni section, it's mainly because they're trying to make it feel as real and as authentic as possible, depending on how long this gets dragged out. So, again, I can understand why people want to, you know, feel otherwise, like, oh, it's, you know, this is real and everything, or oh, what if this happens and all that. It's because they're trying to keep themselves, as I mentioned before, and I know I sound like I'm repeating myself, but they're trying to make themselves, they're trying to basically make it feel like, you know, well, not feel like, but they're trying, you know, yeah, they're trying to make it feel more legit than what they know it really is, but they're also trying to keep themselves uh, invested. You know, they're trying to keep themselves um, invested in this storyline uh, more so than what it, more so than they are now. And again, it's, and again, I think this also includes people that, you know, were for Cody losing at WrestleMania, realizing that, yeah, maybe it wasn't the best, you know, idea for Cody to lose at WrestleMania. So, 
So yeah, I, I think honestly, you know, I think that's so my honest opinion, I think that's why fans are, you know, doing what they're doing, feeling the way they are. You know. You know, they basically want to, you know, have an idea and everything. You know, they want to have an idea, if you will, of, you know, you know, they want to have an idea of something that could be, but they know it's not because they want to keep themselves um, invested. They don't want to lose interest, especially when it gets started back up, which we could assume is going to be around um, either around payback, after payback, or mostly Survivor Series, because that's when we're going to really start turning the reels going towards WrestleMania. But yeah, again, I do apologize for for not pausing that one moment. If it wasn't unpaused, then I was silent. Again, my mom is, you know, here. I'm trying to do this without interruption. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, guys, I just wanted to give you my thoughts on that part. Art, art, as far as the news goes, wrestling wise, when it comes to WWE and everything and we're going to go on to our next part right here okay sorry for the pause update there a pause option there but thankfully for it and everything and I also have my security camera on with the mic on so I can pretty much figure out whether or not she is going to be moving about that being my mom but on to the next topic here Let's talk about, you know, WWE Raw, and apparently over the past two weeks, it's actually been better than it has been in a while. Uh, a lot of people looking at last week's Raw as being the best they've seen in quite some time, and then, the other, and then you know, last night's, you know, being alright, not on the same level as last week's, but still decent and watchable. And... You know, a lot of people feel that it's kind of coincidental that we're getting, you know, something very similar to what we had last year when, you know, Vince McMahon was out on, you know, out on retirement, if you will. He was out on retirement um, and everything, and Triple H had taken over. We started seeing more of a Triple H NXT influence. Now we're seeing that again since, you know, Vince is out, with a, uh, in, is out indefinitely right now for an undisclosed amount of time because of the life-altering spinal fusion surgery or whatever spinal surgery he went through. Now, you know, speaking, you know, of, you know, speaking of uh, Raw and everything, like I said, uh, everybody feels it's been, you know, vastly improved. A lot of talent is showing up. I mean, last night we saw the return of Piper Niven uh, basically bully her way, let's be honest, that's what it was, bully her way, intimidate her way into being Chelsea Green's new co-tag team champion partner. So, and, you know, so we got that, so we got her return, we also got the return of uh, uh, Katana Chance and, you know, uh, Casey Catanzaro, or, you know, uh, you know, Katana, you know, basically, Katana, we got Chance, uh, you know, Catanzaro and uh, Chance, and so if you are Carter and Ch I, I'm trying to think of what their name is. Hold on, guys. Let me let me uh, see here. And I do apologize uh, if anything happens here. Let me let me look at something. Hold on. Uh, there she is. Casey Catanzaro. Uh, what is she going by right now? She is going by Katana Chance, and she is with Caden Carter. Yeah, Caden Carter, 
and you know Katana Chance. Yeah, Kaden Kaden Carter and Katana Chance. Um, they returned last night on on Raw and everything. Hold on. Okay, guys. Again, thank God for pause options and everything, especially when you know, you know your family, your parents are you know distracted with something else. Um, but what was I? Oh yeah. But like I said, you know, um, you know, a, a lot of people in, have enjoyed Monday Night Raw, and a lot of people have said that we're seeing returns of, of people that Triple H brought up or brought into the fold a year ago when well, when Vince was out, you know, on his uh, retirement, if you will. You know, he was out on his retirement and everything. Hold on for a second. Okay, I was just about to pause it. But like I said, you know, he was out on his, you know, retirement and everything. So, uh, so basically, you know, we're starting to see that again. Uh, now that Vince is out on his uh, spinal, spinal surgery, if you will, he's out, you know, on, on medical leave, if you will, for an undisclosed, as I mentioned, an undisclosed uh, amount of time. But you know, we, we we don't know what that amount of time really is, per se. We we don't know what that really is, what that amount of time really is. Um, but all we know is, you know, he's. You know, all we know right now is... Hold on for a second. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Again, a little bit of pause option. My mom's into the whole blind situation. You know, she has to... She, basically, they put, you know, pull up. You know, the kind of blinds that you push up in the middle to open them. You know, why? If you want to just get like a... You know, you want to basically, instead of in the blinds, with, you know, where the window is right now, uh, well, you can look out, but it's all the blinds and everything, thing and everything that you know. You could push it up if you want, like a big old clearness and all that. But anyway, getting back to what I was saying, um, uh, sorry about that. But like I said, a lot of people noticed basically that um, essentially, you know, that essentially, you know, we're getting sort of a repeat of what we did last year. Now that Vince is out for an undisclosed amount of time with his spinal recovering from his spinal surgery and um you know that you know that sounds you know and, and obviously to a lot of folks that sounds very promising i mean you're still going to get some vince mannerisms you know in there you know you're still going to get them you know in there if you will um but still if it, but honestly they feel like it's more more like what it was last year. And I even told um, Alex this uh, in a chat last night. And I said this online too, tagging Alex and Solomon and JD and Firestar Heart. Uh, and, and as well as hashtagging, you know, WWE Raw, SmackDown and all that, you know, on Twitter X. Um, I, I basically said that it seems that they are putting more focus. WWE, in fact, if I can bring this up without any incident. You know, without any incident and all that. Let me let me see if I can bring it up and, and read it to you. You know, without any incident and, and all that. Let me see if I can bring it up here. Um, let me see if I can bring it up. So, it, it's here somewhere. You know, it's here somewhere. So, let me, again, let me see if I can bring it up and all that. Hold on. 
you know, and again, I do apologize for anybody that did tune in last night late to, to listen, uh, that were listening to the live stream. It, again, Xfinity just decided, oh, we're going to do an unplanned maintenance deal and, uh, you know, not really tell you guys or anything. We're going to say it's planned and, you know, that would be an excuse for not giving you guys credit and all that. So, so yeah, what, so yeah, just, you know, they, they, they need to basically, they need to let people know well in advance because like I said in the intro, Sooner or later, somebody is going to take them to court and ask for a cease and desist, or they're going to put them in a lawsuit that says, "Hey, you know, you didn't do this. You didn't let us know." And they're going to, and that lawsuit will go in their favor, basically. Uh, but this is what I said though last night uh, on Twitter, and again, I said the same thing in that chat—not a super chat, but a regular chat that he that he read. I said, and I said this, and I quote: "Maybe it's me, but it seems that Vince or not." Ever since Fox declined WWE's offer, you know, to keep SmackDown, basically Fox still has SmackDown until the end of next year. They still have time to renegotiate and everything, but um, they d declined a more recent offer, you know, from WWE. And, and, and to me, this is what's going on. And let me reread this and I quote. Maybe it's me, but it seems that Vince or not, ever since Fox declined WWE's offer to keep SmackDown, WWE has now put focus on Raw on USA. I know I can't be the only one that notices that. Because when you really think about it, when you really think about it, SmackDown has been looked at as the top tier A show, you know, uh, uh, you know, for WWE, you know, being on Fox or FS1 or not. It's always been looked at as that top tier show. You know, because it's got the bloodline, it's got everything, it's got some good... You know, it's got the bloodline, it's got some good in-ring action, it's got, you know, consistent, somewhat consistent storylines outside of that. You know, so, you know, so basically, you know, you, so basically, you know, SmackDown has been, you know, the be-all, end-all right now. You know, outside of Raw and even NXT. But, it seems that that's kind of been cooled down a little bit since Fox said, no, WWE, we don't like your latest offer to keep SmackDown on our networks, so WWE's like, okay, fine. You don't, you don't want us to, you know, you. Oh, to me, WWE's like, okay, fine. You don't want to accept our latest offer. Here's what we'll do: we'll show you, courtesy of Raw, what you'll be missing if you don't meet with us in the middle. Like, accept something from us that's reasonable, or that we feel is reasonable, and you can partially agree on, or something like that. And I think that's why Raw is getting a lot more momentum right now because of the fact that, you know, WWE, Triple H, and his crew, you know, even which even includes Dunn and Pritchard, uh, are putting more emphasis on Monday Night Raw. They're putting more emphasis on the Judgment Day on Monday Night Raw. It's because it's not because of the fact that, okay, they, they need to find what the next step's going to be for, let's say, the bloodline, you know, what the you know next stars they will have to focus on when it comes to uh, Friday Night SmackDown. No. What it will be, uh, well, not what it will be, but what it is, is they're basically, in my opinion, showing, you know, Fox, hey, see the momentum Raw is getting? This used to be the momentum you had, and you could still be getting if you accept the offer we give you. And I'm sure they're going to give them plenty of offers more, or plenty more offers. And sooner or later, Fox is going to, you can't tell me that sooner or later, somebody at Fox isn't going to be like, okay, fine. You know, we see the momentum you, you, Raw is getting. We see the ratings are going towards them and everything. Okay, fine. We'll take whatever offer you give us. And I, 
I think that's I think that's what WWE is doing here. It's not because it's not just because Vince is out on the you know out on a medical leave or anything like that. You know, it's not like he's on med- it's not because he's on medical leave or anything like that. It's not just that. It's the fact that they're sending a message to Fox. They're telling Fox, "Hey, this is what you could be getting and still could be getting, but you have to but please just accept the offer we give you." That's it. That's all they have to do. But, you know, Fox declined the original offer they gave. So now WWE, in my opinion, they're just saying, hey, you, you don't want to accept? Here we go. You know, we'll show you courtesy of Raw, the original primetime show for wrestling before the likes of Nitro and all that, what you'll be, what you could be missing out on if you don't accept an offer, another offer similar to the one we gave you previously in the near future. So, I think that's what's going on. I think that's why Raw is getting a lot of momentum. You know, it's you know it's not because of like I said Vince being gone on medical leave and it feels very identical to last year and everything, but mostly because they're sending a message to Fox. Hey, you know if you like hey we want to keep our show on your network. We know you want to keep the show on your network. This offer we're trying to give you is the best offer that we feel you know you can run with. And again, maybe in the future they'll meet down the middle. They got a year. They have a year to really get something done, and I think they will. I think they will because, again, like I said, you can't tell me somebody at Fox is not going to be like, oh, crap. You know, they have more momentum. Raw has Raw and USA has more momentum than we do. We, we can't allow that to happen. So I think that's what's going to happen, honestly, in the future. I really do. Um... You know, and speaking of Raw, it definitely looks like... Hold on for a second. Sorry about that again, guys. Um, but like I said, you know, speaking of Raw, it seems that Raw now, this year... Because last year, SmackDown got War Games. Let's be honest, that's who got that's who got SmackDown. The, you know, not SmackDown. Okay, let me go Hold on. Okay, sorry about that. But like I was saying... It looks it looks like this year they are, you know, setting up Monday Night Raw to be the ones that get war games because last year SmackDown got war games. You know, we all know that SmackDown uh, last year uh, ended up getting war games, and it was the Bloodline along with Sami Zayn against. Uh, let me let me see who it was last year. Hold on. Again, um, hopefully there's no um, issues here. Um, hold on, guys. Here we go. Okay, let me see here. Who was it in that match? Okay. Uh, yeah, basically, last year's War Games was the bloodline, you know, of Reigns, the Usos, Sokola, uh, Solo, and uh, Zayn when he was trying to get into the bloodline against uh, Sheamus, Rich Harlan, Butch, Drew McIntyre, and Kevin Owens. And that was all SmackDown. That was all SmackDown talent, um, if you will, um, at that time. That was all SmackDown talent. So it looks like, it looks like Raw, this, and that, and that was part, of, and they will, again, that was all SmackDown talent, part of the SmackDown brand. So it looks like uh, Raw this year is going to get War Games. You know, hope, you know, 
or at least we think you know we're gonna war games war games is gonna be part of it I mean they haven't straight out said war games was gonna be part of it and everything uh, like they did last year but I think the reason it said it last year is because you know triple H is like hey I'm in charge now or at least you know for the time being I'm gonna put war games out there so I think War Games is going to come back because Endeavor, I think, might it's probably going to be in favor of that concept. Like, hey, Vince, you can't really do anything right now. And even if you do come back and do something, you know, you know, even if you do come back and, and do something and, and all that, you know, you're mostly going to be in an executive position to where, you know, you're mostly going to be in an posi executive position to where you're going to help make decisions and not really be involved in creative um, as much as you used to. Uh, if at all, so I could see war games coming back this year. They're just probably looking at like the the setup for the all state arena because every venue is different, and sometimes certain venues, you know, can be uh, can be adjusted for war games. I mean, we look at the performance center that got adjusted for war games and all that. So you know, so it might so they'll probably be able to do it. It's just you know, again, they got to probably figure out. Okay, we're gonna put war games here. How are we gonna set it up and everything uh for the event but you know you know but it does seem like you know what we're getting what but it does seem like this year as i was trying to say because i know i'm fumbling on my words and that does get annoying sometimes i do apologize but it does feel like you know raw this year is going to be representative war games with the judgment day being the hill faction you know along with jd madu jd madugan madugan or madugan J.D. Madugan, if you will, Jordan Devlin, if you will, against uh, the team of Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and um, you know Kevin uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So Zayn and Owens will be in a War Games match again, and uh, for the second year in a row, this time on the same team. Well, on you know while the partners this time around will be Cody and Seth, and I. And if you're adding Cody to the equation, I definitely think War Games will become a reality because, you know, War Games was his dad's uh, creation and Triple H does have respect for what Dusty has contributed to the business. And War Games was one of those creations by Dusty that, you know, um, that Triple H loved and brought back, you know, part of NXT. So I can definitely see if you're going to have Cody involved in it, it's definitely, you know, pretty much, you know, not officially locked in or announced, but it's going to be. And I would not be, I would not be surprised if he's the one that announces that the match between the four of them is War Games. I would not, I would not be surprised. But yeah, you know, it definitely feels like the Raw brand uh, this year is uh, getting uh, War Games. Um, it feels like you know the Raw brand this year. Is going to be represented in War Games and not SmackDown. Now, if War Games, you know, stays around um, for the next uh, years, for the next several years, then I could see, you know, maybe next year's edition, the 2024 edition, either being a SmackDown one, being, or maybe being, you know, a mixture one. Like, you know, you have, you know, a mixture of talent from all brands, you know, represented in the War Games. I, I could see that like I could see members of Raw and Smackdown on the heel side and you know members of Raw and Smackdown on the face side maybe even maybe even representatives of Raw Smackdown and NXT on the heel side and the same with the face side so we'll see what we'll see what happens 
in the near future, but right now it definitely feels like they are setting it up for Raw to have the Raw brand that is to have uh, the War Games match, you know, going forward um, as we speak. So uh, can't wait for that and everything. Can't wait for that. But yeah, it's you know it's but yeah to me it definitely feels like uh, that along with that possibility raw is definitely getting more of that momentum that smackdown used to have and everything and i think it's mainly because like i said you know uh, fox declined the recent offer wwe put out there and they're like okay you don't want it to it's like okay we still have time to give you you know to work out another offer with you so here's what we're going to do We'll show you what you're going to be missing over here. And I think that's what's going. And I think that's what's uh, going on, um, in my opinion. Just just my opinion. No, it's just my opinion. Uh, but yeah, they definitely seem to be getting a lot more momentum. Because again, you're seeing talent on there you haven't seen in a while. Um, for the past few months, mysteriously. You know, showing back up, you know, like they did last year. So, uh, it's going to be interesting what they do. I mean, the whole... Piper Niven, Chelsea Green, a scenario there. I think that's going to be fun to watch because I, 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 it's kind of very reminiscing of what we've seen in the past to where you have the brutish straight person in the comic relief, you know, teamed together, and you have the brutish straight person basically, you know, I, I wouldn't say bullying, but intimidating the partner to get serious to stop acting like a coward and, and and to get the job done. So I could see Piper Niven being in that role where she'll just, you know, not take any BS from Chelsea. Like Chelsea will say, well, I'm going to go complain about this to the manager on our behalf. And I can see Piper saying, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're going to go to that ring and we're going to prove it. We're going to do it, take care of it ourselves. So I could see Piper Niven being that kind of, you know, um, being being in that kind of role right now with Chelsea to where she basically becomes Chelsea's superior by intimidation. And Chelsea's like, hey, whatever you want, I'm cool with. You know, so <laughs> that, that'll be fun to watch. But it is very reminiscent of those kind of uh, roles that we've seen in wrestling tag team wise, as well as we've seen in entertainment wise. So it, it's going to be interesting to see. But I definitely think right now the goal is if they bring, if things don't change, you know, if things don't change, um, I could see, you know, this being a setup for Caden, for, uh, for, for uh, a Katana Chance and Caden Carter to, to become the tag champs. I think that's what it's leading towards because when you look at those two, that's basically your foundation to trying to really build this women's tag team division. And I think once they do that, you'll start seeing, you know, Isodon and Alba Fire come back as a team, and you'll see some other teams finally just start to gel together. Again, just my opinion, but I think what's going on here with Piper Niven and Chelsea Green on Raw, which is going to be a great, to me, a great kind of little comedic story angle, if you will, you know, with Piper Niven being the straight person that basically puts Chelsea in her place, like, hey, you're not going to complain anymore, you're not going to be a freaking Karen, you're going to do what I tell you to do, and what we're going to do is we're going to go to the ring and we're going to prove why we're the tag team champs. You know, so, you know, so again, I think that's going to be a great situation to look at. And I think what it's going to lead towards eventually is Carter and Chance getting those tag team titles 
and I think that will be finally that that solid foundation they're looking for to get the tag team to, uh, tag team division for the women, you know, up and running. Whether you uh, agree with it or not, um, but yeah, that's what's going on there with there when it comes to Monday Night Raw because you know Monday Night Raw right now they've got a lot of momentum, and I think honestly, in my opinion, like I said. This is WWE's way of saying, okay, Fox, you want to decline our recent offer or, or offer to, you know, keep SmackDown on your network? Guess what we're going to do? We're going to put more focus on this, you know, on, um, you know, on Raw and show you what you're going to be missing, Vince or not, you know. So that's what I think is going on there. But now that I've talked about that, let's get on to our next topic, shall we? Alright, so going back to keeping it in WWE, um, Edge is scheduled to have his final match uh, this Friday on SmackDown. And some are touting it as his final match in WWE. Some are touting it, he's going, some are touting it as his final match before he retires you know, from WWE and all that. But also, again, people are looking at it as like, you know, this is his last match with the company. And then his contract's going to be up, which I think it is, around this time, if not a little later. And that he's probably going to be AEW bound. Here's what I think about this. Uh, As much as I think, you know, Adam Copeland, Edge, if you will, would be a huge get for Tony Khan and AEW. I don't think Edge is going to really want to go down there. Or Adam Copeland is going to really want to go down there right now. And uh, be part of that because of what all because of all the drama going on, so I don't think that's going to happen. But um, but what I do see happening is if he does go, I think it's going to be after the new year. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be basically, you know, right away like okay, his final match is this, you know, this uh, Friday on SmackDown for you know, you know that correlates with celebrating 25 years of his career. You know, it's not just going to be, you know, it's not just going to be that, you know, it's not just going to be, you know, his final match there and everything. And then two weeks later, he shows up in Wembley and all that. Because I know that's what people want. And maybe that does happen. We're not really sure. Maybe that does happen. You know, we're not really sure. Or maybe, you know, this is his final match in WWE. He's retiring from WWE. But then two weeks later, he shows up in Chicago you know, lights go out. There he is standing in the middle of an AEW ring, you know, opposite of Christian and basically shocking Christian and does, you know, it helps Darby Allen become champion. I I don't know. Maybe that's what happens. I, I can't really say. You know, so, it, I mean, it does seem to be leaning in that direction to where, you know, you're, everybody's going to be able to witness his last match in the company, you know, celebrate his 25 years with the company, and then all of a sudden, he's going to show up two weeks later, you know, either at All In or mostly at All Out, and have that confrontation with Christian to where it'll cost Christian, you know, and Luchasaurus the TNT Championship. You know, it does seem to be aligning itself in that manner and everything. And I'm sure he'll get WWE's blessing to do it, you know, and all that. Just like RVD got the okay, you know, even though he's under a Legends contract with the company. To do what he did on AEW with Jack Perry, um, so I'm sure he's getting, he's I'm sure he's going to get or has gotten a blessing to do that if it happens. But if not, if it does not happen, I could see my and this is me. I could see 
edge Adam Copeland taking a few months off until the beginning of the year and then showing up maybe, maybe for uh, the first uh, dynamite or collision of 2024. You know, give himself time to relax and rest and, and all that. I, I could see that happening. I can't. But on the other hand, I could see him legitimately just being done. I can see him being done and, uh, you know, just riding off into the sunset, you know, spending time with his family, his wife, Beth, and their daughters, you know, so I could see him doing that. You know, he wants to be a family man again and everything. So I could see that. But then again, I could see this being an angle to where maybe something happens. Maybe he sticks around, you know, for a little longer because, you know, we know he wants to retire in Toronto, but does he want to retire, you know, in Toronto, you know, without being champion? So, you know, I, I could see that. I could see maybe Edge, you know, making this into an angle to where he sticks around and all that, uh, to where he basically comes out and says, you know, he's thought about it and he figures, you know, I want to retire here and I still do, but the more I think about it, the more I want to retire here, but I want to do it as champion. So I could see him maybe coming out and announcing he signed on for one more year or something like that to ensure at least he can retire, you know, as champion in his home country and in his hometown of Toronto. I could see that too. But either way would work. Either way I think works, you know, in my opinion. Because again, him having his final match here two weeks out from, um, you know, two weeks out from, you know, all in and, and uh, all out. You know, definitely sets things up for him to to show up, you know, uh, in those companies and everything right away. You know, kind of like John Moxley did. I mean, let's not forget Moxley, after he had his final appearance in the WWE ring, you know, as part of the Shield and everything, what happened? Two weeks later, in the inaugural show for AEW, Double or Nothing, what happened at the end of the show? He showed up. He showed up and confronted Omega and Jericho and that was like what two weeks after he left so we could see something similar with Edge at all in or all out I mean again things you know things seem to be setting themselves up to go in that direction either way but if not and he decides you know look I want to take a break for at least to, be, to the beginning of the year before I make a decision you know that's fine too you know or maybe again he just wants to be with his family for a while let his body really heal up we'll, we'll see or again, the other solution is he can announce, "Hey, I've signed one more year, signed on for one more year with the company because I still want to retire here in Toronto and everything. I still want to do that, but I want to do it on top as the world champion or as the undisputed universal champion." I can see him doing it. I can see I can see that as well. But we'll see. We'll see. But I, I but you know, right now it does feel like he's going to take a break. Whether it's two weeks and then he's all elite and then. Suddenly he's all lead, you know, you know, a la debuting at, you know, all in or all out or, you know, wait until the f next year to do it. We'll, we'll see. But right now it does feel like this could be it. But then again, it could be setting up for him staying another year and retiring, officially retiring next year, but on top as the undisputed champion. Well, that might be what happens, but we'll see. We'll see. But let me know what your thoughts are on that. What, what, do, what do you think is going to happen with Edge? 
Do you think he's going to be all elite in two weeks? Or do you think maybe he's going to take time off, be all elite at the beginning of 2024, or come back to the Rumble for WWE? Or do you think he's going to, you know, say he signed on for one more year? Let me know down below. Love to hear what your thoughts are. Okay, one more thing. Keeping it in WWE. It seems that apparently, you know, they have... Hold on for a sec. Ended up a little bit more since it's not right next to the mic anymore, <laughs> you know. Um, but apparently, just real quick, if you guys really do care about it, uh, Lacey Evans um, has been released, apparently, you know, nothing official yet. And I'm going to check that up right now. But apparently, Lacey is no longer with the WWE. Yeah. Apparently, she um, put out a tweet asking how much longer, like how many more days. And apparently she is, she changed her Instagram and her social media mainly to say that she is now former, form, form, formerly known as Lacey Evans. She's going by her real name, Marcy, it looks like. Now, you, now some people might say, oh, well, maybe she's still with the company and everything. And, you know, she, she might be. She might be. Maybe they're just doing a character name change with her. We we don't know. Maybe they're doing a character name change with her. We we don't really we don't really know. And everything. Um, looks like the internet's acting up here. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be acting up. Oh, uh, there we go. Maybe it was. You know, it's the probably the computer just loading or something. I don't know. You know, I've been acting up lately. You know, thankfully I'm not streaming right now. And everything. Yeah, it's it's the computer. It's loading. It's doing like a little load here and there because it's got a, it's changing hours and everything. So, you know, I don't know why it's doing that. I don't know if Patreon's acting up. Let me see. No, DeviantArt's fine. DeviantArt is fine. So it has to be Patreon. It has to be Patreon right now. Because it's going slow. Anytime a, a website goes slow and everything, um, it's because they're doing something. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's on their end. It's on their end. But anyway, uh, like I was saying, Lacey Evans uh, apparently is no longer with the company. Yeah, she's no longer with uh, WWE apparently. Because she changed her social media handle. From what I understand. She changed her social media handle. And she's been trending. As far as I know on on social media. She's been trending on. You know. Uh, on social media and everything. So. Yeah there she is. So, yeah let's bring this up. Uh, but yeah she's changed it to. Marcy Estrella, Marcy Estrella, uh, no, not Marcy, but Macy, Macy Estrella, uh, formerly WWE superstar Lacey Evans and everything. So, yeah, apparently she changed it. And, um, yeah, she is, but she still has the Lacey Evans banner up there with We Can Do It. So, I, I don't know what's going on here. You know, I don't know what... Yeah, because she puts something up here. 
saying, Roger, how many days left? So, and then she's saying thank you all and everything. So, apparently she's Apparently she's gone, but again, WWE has not said, you know, as far as I know, WWE has not said anything official yet. So I don't know if maybe she's just taking a break and, you know, for for a long time. I don't, I don't know. You know, so I, I don't, I don't really know anything. It's not, they don't say anything. You know, they're not, they're not saying anything, you know, so... You know, they're not, they're not saying anything. You know, so, uh, yeah. But yeah, it doesn't feel like they, it doesn't look like WWE has really said anything, so. She might have just walked out, I don't know. It's kind of, uh, uncharacteristic of who she really is to, to walk out on something, but, uh. But yeah, apparently she is, uh, no longer with the company. Unless, again, she's taking a break. And everything, and she's just saying goodbye to the Lacey Evans character, and then she's going to come back as uh, Macy Estella, Estrella, if you will, and that might be something. Maybe that's maybe that's going to be the new character. We don't know. Maybe she's going to, maybe she, her agreement is, hey, I'm not Lacey Evans anymore. I'm going to make Macy Estrella. This is who I really am, you know, and that's it, you know. So we'll see. I I don't know. I don't know, but yeah, she's no longer with the company, and. Um, yeah, if you care about that, that's, you know, give me your thoughts and everything. But, yeah, she's apparently gone. And, well, we'll have to see what happens. Because, again, WWE hasn't dropped anything, you know, per se. You know, they haven't really dropped anything per se. And, um, you know, you know, so we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. Again, she could be saying goodbye to Lacey Evans and just saying, hey, you know, I'm now Macy. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But again, give me your thoughts. What are your thoughts on it? So, on to the next topic. So, this is a big one. AEW. So, a lot of people have been getting on AEW over the past week or so. Not just because of the fact that the, you know, not just because of the fact that the cards for the upcoming All In and All In, All In and All Out pay-per-views are lacking, if you will, um, in star power, you know, and everything. But the fact that there seems to be some drama going on in AEW, mostly involving around CM Punk. And apparently this all started, at least originally, with Ryan Namath. Ryan Namath is Nick Namath. Nick Namath is Dolph Ziggler in WWE. Ryan is apparently his brother, if you will. And you can definitely tell the family resemblance in the face. But, um... But Ryan basically, um, long story short, uh, shot his mouth off. He shot his mouth off and, and said stuff that he shouldn't have said, you know, honestly, shouldn't have said, you know. And it seemed like he kind of buried the hatchet or at least kind of, you know, um, cooled things down with CM Punk in the back. Because CM Punk confronted him, you know, CM Punk uh, confronted him. Um, you know, at the Dynamite after the inaugural Collision um, episode, the debut episode of Collision, 
CM Punk showed up on the Dynamite afterwards because the Elite wasn't there. And uh, apparently there was, you know, apparently he confronted Ryan over what he said on Twitter, on social media. And basically, apparently they kind of, you know, shook hands and let cooler heads prevail. But this still was a bit of distrust. Well, this past weekend, CM Punk made the news again because of what he said about Hangman Page um, online. You know, well, he didn't say it online, but he said it in the post-collision um, aftermath. Basically, after he got, you know, choked out by Samoa Joe, setting up their match for All In, you know, Punk uh, basically got on the mic and started going pew-pew, if you will, um, on, the, you know, on Adam Page. Basically saying that he went into a grocery store or supermarket recently and when he looked down the toy aisle, he saw nothing. He saw all the AEW figures, all the wrestling figures sold. You know, even his. The only exception of figures that were still hanging on their pegs were Adam Page's, the Hangman's. You know, and he basically went on to say he's like a, a peg warmer, a bench warmer, basically stuff like that. He just shot on him. And at first, people thought, oh well, this has got to be. You know, this, uh, and at first people thought, well, obviously this had to have been cleared and everything because he signed in, you know, a a a, a, con a deal, a, a document, to where anything he says has to be, you know, cleared with with management. Well, apparently this wasn't really clear with management, and um, you know, one could assume that the document he signed. That has you know to where he has to clear certain things he wants to say shoot style wise or work shoot style wise or whatever. One can assume that the document he signed only adheres only adheres I should say to what he's you know talked about on camera or talks about when the show is um, happening live, you know not post show or even pre show but during the show. So one can assume that that's basically what the document documents that he signed and agreed to adhered to. Like, you can't say anything until, you can't say anything out of line while, you're, while the show is airing, but it doesn't say anything about post or pre. So anyway, uh, apparently it wasn't, you know, cleared and everything, which surprised a lot of people. And apparently Punk did, you know, feel sorry for what he said, you know, kind of regretted it. But that wasn't the only thing making news. Because apparently the other stuff that's made news was who was sent home from Collision. Because speaking of Adam Page, Adam Page was flown in, apparently with some other talent, and he was flown in to do a, um, he was flown in to do, you know, a promo. He was apparently going to do a promo, an interview, on the, you know, there in Greensboro, at the Coliseum, but then he was told to go home. Or he was basically told to go do the promo outside of the arena, you know, in a different location, which was really confusing. It's like, well, why would you want to bring this guy, you know, fly this guy out, waste his time and everything, you know, to to go to Collision, which you have pretty much come out and said is the CM Punk show, you know, why would you have him fly out to Collision, if you will, why would you have him fly out to Collision? And basically be told to go home when you've already told him, hey, we have plans for you. But then you tell him, oh, yeah, plans changed, plans altered. We need you to go this place or we just need you. Why would you do that? It didn't make, 
make any sense. But one could understand that maybe, you know, they didn't want Adam in the in the building, you know, just in case something, just in case he bumps into CM Punk. We don't know. So yeah, it's like people were really confused by why would you bring him in if you know you were going to tell him to go home. It didn't make sense. Now, Ryan Namath was also brought in. Apparently, he was going to work Collision, or at least the Ring of Honor tapings. We don't really know. And they told him to go home because of what he said online and stuff. You know, calling CM Punk soft and everything, which, again, is something that they did shake hands on and let cool heads prevail a couple months ago. But, you know, apparently he might have said something again. Well, apparently he did say something again. I think it did have to do with the soft comment or whatever. And, um, or it was something else. And they just said, okay, Ryan, you got to go home. We don't need you here tonight. So it's like, okay, you know, based on what Ryan has said in the past, you know, fine, don't want to take a chance. But then, but then, you know, comes the, um, you know, but then, you know, you know, but then comes two of the biggest surprises. Okay. So Paige and Namath, we can understand because of what Namath has said and the history between Paige and Punk. We can understand that. But then you get Matt Hardy being sent home. Obviously, Matt was going to work collision, but obviously couldn't, you know, because, you know, he was sent home. You know, what reason that was? Ties to the elite, we don't know. Um, mostly, a lot of people. That's mostly people suspect that those that were sent home, you know, it's you know like a Hardy and a Namath, you know, that's the reason because of the ties with the elite. Hey, what? Okay. Again, thank goodness for pause buttons or pause options on recordings and everything. But like I was saying, you know, uh, apparently, you know, Namath was sent home because of what he had said and all that uh, online recently, which I guess he's deactivated his Twitter X account for right now. Um, so he was sent home. Matt Hardy, again, was a big one, big question. It's like, well, okay, why was he sent home? Mainly, you know, people have been assuming it's because of his connection with the elite. Maybe we're not really sure. But the one that really got people talking outside of that was uh, the whole uh, the whole situation with Christopher Daniels. Now, Christopher Daniels um, is in a tag team on Ring of Honor with Matt Seidel. Uh, he also competes occasionally on Collision, and maybe even and even maybe even Dynamite, uh, as well as Rampage. So he still competes, but he's also the head of talent relations. And apparently the head of talent relations, from a management perspective, is supposed to have more pull, more leverage, you know, uh, than the talent. Well, apparently, apparently that was not the case uh, this time around, because apparently um, CM Punk had more pull than (laughs) Christopher Daniels, because Christopher Daniels, being the head of talent relations, uh, was sent home. He was sent home from collision. Now we don't know if he was gonna. He was supposed to work the Ring of Honor tapings with Seidel. We don't know if he was supposed to 
worked a collision, you know, a, a live event. We're, we're not really sure. But apparently he was sent home. And this got a lot of people scratching their heads like, well, why would you send Daniels home if he's head of talent relations? He's basically the JR of, you know, talent. If you will. Because remember, JR was head of talent relations and John Laurinaitis. They're basically people responsible for overseeing the talent, making sure, you know, certain people get signed or certain people get, you know, opportunities, stuff like that. So, you know, it really, so it really made, made people wonder, like, what, what happened here? Because you've never once heard that ever happen with Vince McMahon, uh, well, not Vince McMahon, but some, you never heard that, I should say, ever happening with, you know, uh, you know, with, you know, JR being sent home because somebody, talent-wise, didn't want JR there, or you never heard that happening with Laronitis, you know, being sent home because a certain talent didn't want him there, you know, you, you never heard that coming out of WWE because it never did. Nor have you ever heard it coming out of Impact Wrestling. And as far as I know, even when they were in existence, you never heard it coming out of WCW or ECW or any stories of that happening. You know, because a certain talent didn't want them there. But yet, this is probably the first time, as far as I know, that we've heard of a, a head of talent relations, you know, being sent home you know, because of, because of the talent. Now, there is word, there is report that Punk does have a little leeway, a little voting power or something like that uh, when it comes to Collision because Collision was made specifically for him and those that don't really get an opportunity and those that are friends of his um, as well are willing to tolerate, you know, Punk just to get opportunities. You know, so there is, there has been word that has gone around that he does have you know a little bit of leeway he does have a little bit of pull when it comes to collision but outside of that you know when it comes to uh being above any sort of management even if that management is a talent then you know he doesn't have pull he doesn't have pull and apparently it's due to the fact that if you know if his buddy a steel couldn't be there who's an agent then why should someone that's a close friend of the elites, you know, of the Bucks and Page and Kenny Omega by extension, you know, why should that person be here if my guy can't be here? And a lot of people look at this and like, really? This is why you're upset? You know, you're going to start having a pity party of, oh, well, if I can't do my have my way, then they're not going to have their way. Gonna... It's like, seriously, is, is that what we're... Is that where we've gotten at now? You know, a lot, it's just, it's just really kind of weird, you know, in the eyes of a lot of folks. It's like, seriously, that, that's what we're doing now? That's, that's what we're uh, alluding towards, you know, and everything? Is, is that what's going on? You know, it just, it just does not make, it just does not make any sense because, you know, again, you know, we understand Punk has a little leeway, a little pull when it comes to collision, and everything, and a little say here and there, but he shouldn't be able to be above talent, you know, on out talent, but he shouldn't be above management of any kind, and head of talent relations is, you know, management, so he shouldn't be above Christopher Daniels, but yet he was able to get him removed, so again, it's like, you know, what is like, so again, the biggest question everybody, including JD from NY206 was asking is, 
who's really running you know AEW who's really controlling that company and it looks like and, and you know JD put this in a thumbnail when he talked about it earlier on an OTRS extra he basically said that he feels that it's punk that punk is the one that's really running things you know not Tony Khan because one of the bigger examples you know when it comes to that and I'll get into that in a moment but one of the big examples was something that happened when Punk returned. Now, apparently CM Punk isn't, you know, apparently, you know, Daniels and Namath and, and some of them are not the only ones that Punk has an issue with being on collision or has had an issue with, uh, period. He actually, I'm going to bring this up here on Patreon if I can and everything, if I can. And apparently it doesn't want to come up right now because it's loading. And so hold on for a second guys if I can get this going. And apparently it's not coming up. Hold on. Let me pause this for a second. It, that might help. Okay, sorry about that. I don't know what it is, but I gotta pause OBS studio to, to bring it up. But anyway, there was an issue with Punk and Jungle Jack Perry as well. So apparently it's not just Daniels or Namath or or Hardy, but to an extent, or or um, anybody else that got sent home on you know on a, on Saturday from Collision or even Page that Punk has an issue with. He ha also has one with Jack Perry because according to Fightful Selects, uh, hold on for a second. I was at the, but like I was saying, apparently, like I said, he's not the only one that has a, an issue. He has an issue with. It seems he has one, or he had an uh, issue with um, Jack Perry, because according to Five Full Select on the Patreon, which they posted about eight hours ago, it states, and I quote: "There was another issue with an AEW talent that CM Punk brought face to face." Towards the start of Punk's AEW Collision run, during the, during the Canada tapings, Jack Perry was brought to Collision to film a segment and the two had words about the plans that Perry was supposedly pushing. According to those on the side of Punk, Perry wanted to use a real glass for a backstage segment. Punk was of the belief that he did, uh, Punk was of the belief that he did this so he didn't need to come to work the next week, which he sees, a big, which he sees as a big problem in the company. We weren't given clarity as to whether or not this was because the spot was dangerous or because Perry would have fulfilled a needed date ahead of ahead of time. Sometimes AEW does pre-tapes on previous shows to air the next week. Pure Punk's side of things, Perry was going against production. Doctors and Tony Schiavone advised him not to do it. And them telling him that smashing a real glass was a safety hazard. Perry wasn't happy with that. Shortly after, there were guidelines put in place and forwarded to talent of things that required clearance. Punk's claim was that he was asked to step in and calmly said that they don't do that on Saturdays for collision, and if he doesn't like it, he could stay on Wednesdays. Word of the situation had made its way around the locker room and was referred to as an argument. Uh, uh, was referred to as an argument. Punk's claim was that Perry was throwing a tantrum over the spot not being cleared and people trying to prevent it. 
We reached out to Jack Perry but did not hear back. We weren't told how the situation ended, but several that we heard from agreed with the stance Punk at least claimed. For those claiming that the tweet was misrepresentative of the story, it was called an argument by numerous people familiar with the situation that is also incredibly that is also incredibly that is also an incredibly weird thing to get hung up on. So yeah, he had a so yeah he had a uh, an argument uh, with Jack Perry because apparently Jack Perry and I think this is why we haven't seen him on Collision either is Jack Perry wanted to do an angle that would give him time off or or something like that to where he wanted to use a real glass to get smashed with or or something uh, and everybody apparently including Punk was against it because that's not safe and doctors and Tony and and, and doctors and Tony Giovanni even advised him not to do it. So, yeah, it seems that, you know, punk, you know, it, it, it seems that when you, you kind of look in the middle of it, you know, punk wants to do things the right way. You know, he wants to, you know, you know, have a peaceful situation and everything. You know, so he, you know, so when it comes to like certain backstage segments that, you know, certain stars that come on want to do, you know, he'll either be like, okay, well, let's clear that first and see if it's okay or... He'll be like, look, that sounds great, but if you the way you want to do it, it's not a good, it's not a good uh, way to do it. So apparently, from a safety perspective, you know, he wants to, he wants to ensure peace. He wants people to understand, hey, I want everybody to have fun here, and everything, but I, but I don't want anybody to get hurt and everything. And if you don't want to abide by that, then you shouldn't be here. So, so yeah, you know, when it comes to you know, you know, wanting to use like real glass or something like that because of the hazard involved, I can understand, you know, and totally agree with Punk and the doctors and Tony Schiavone's, Tony Schiavone's stance on it. Um, but, you know, as far as everything before that, you know, with everybody being sent home, you know, this past weekend, it's like, you know, it's, it's like, what you know, what, like, again, the question is who's really running things, and this goes, and this kind of correlates with something that happened around that debut episode if you will, or around that time frame, because apparently when Punk showed up, and this just got out to the public, uh, Tony Khan was in Gorilla, and he was chanting, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, you know, just like the fans would uh, in attendance, or the fans in, you know, just like the fans would in attendance, or even the fans in his hometown of the Chicago area, you know, so... You know, so basically, word I guess recently got out that to, uh, Tony Khan was acting more like a fan doing that, and then acting like a boss, and that's really brought a lot of things back into question that people have been talking about in the past year. Like, you know, what is going on with Tony Khan? Is he, you know, is he, you know, is he ever going to act like a real boss, or is he just a wrestling fan flaunting the fact that hey, I own a wrestling company now, and hey, look. We wrestling fans could do it better than people that have been doing it for for years and decades. You know, is it you know is he just being a fan that wants to flaunt that fact? You know, in in the face of everybody that again has been doing this for for years for decades, like the, you know people in WWE, Impact Wrestling, you know MLW, New Japan, you know AAA, you know is you know Ref Pro. Is this his way of doing that? To prove, hey, see, we fans could put on a better show than you guys have been doing it for years and decades. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, you know, is that, you know, is that the reason, you know, 
Is that, you know, is that what this, is that why he invested money into creating all elite along with the elite and, and Cody? You know, is, is that why? Because he wanted to prove that the fan, that we fans could do a better job than those that have been in the business for, for years and, and decades and have, you know, basically, and have it basically part of the family history or inherited it. You know, is, is that why, you know, is that why he, you know, he invested money? I mean, if you were to compare the two, and I know it's a strange comparison to make, Billy freaking Corgan, you know, who runs the NWA, he takes his duties, his job as the owner of the NWA, the promoter, more seriously than Tony Khan. And that's a fact. Anthem Sports, you know, Anthem Sports and Scott Demore. Well, Scott Demore has been in the business, so he has a better understanding. But Anthem Sports, you know, they take this more seriously you know, with impact than Tony Khan does, apparently. Now, of course, Tony Khan has gone on record, you know, in various interviews or media scrums or whatever and said, hey, I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be different. And that's understandable. But, there's a, but there is a difference between being different and actually taking a page out of what those that have been doing this for years who or who take this more seriously and legitimately, you know, as a sport... You know, you know, there's a difference of, you know, being the alternative, but also taking pages out of that and being like, okay, what can I do to really, you know, show I'm, I'm the boss? Because if you act like a fan and you're chanting someone, one of the talents name, like your fan, while you're in gorilla position, that's not a good look. It basically makes it look like you're just, again, a fan flaunting the fact that you have this, that you're fortunate enough to have all this money and it allows you to have your own wrestling company and now you want to flaunt it and throw it in the face of those that have been doing it for a long time to say hey see we fans could do a better job maybe you should let us fans run things and you know and that is that and that's going to bring me to the last thing i want to talk about in a moment but yeah this is not a good look for tony khan because if it's making it look more and more like you know punk is running the show as far as collision the collision side of things go and you know let's say by extension the elite is running things you know from a dynamite perspective you know, that's not a good sign. That's not a good look, if you will. And Tony Khan needs to realize that. And if he doesn't realize it, I guarantee you, if word gets out to Zaslav and Kathleen Finch that, hey, this is what's going on, they may meet with him. They may talk with him and say, hey, if you, wanna, if you want us to keep investing in your company, you want us to keep pumping in millions and millions of dollars into your company year after year, grow. you need to grow up. You need to start acting like a boss and not like a fan. You know, so so to me, if I'm Tony Khan, I don't want something like that to happen. I need to get my act together and put my foot down and say, okay, enough acting like a kid, enough acting like a fan. It's time to grow up. And that's what he needs to do. That's what he needs to do. But, you know, this, this brings me into the next thing I want to talk about. Because when I heard JD and... And others finally bring it up as well. It's like, again, I've talked about it. Others have talked about it. But still, it needs to be addressed. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about here in this wrestling news and, and everything does have to relate to, you know, what's going on with Tony Khan in that moment where he was doing the CM Punk deal when CM Punk returned uh, at the first collision. Well, Tony Khan was in position, uh, in gorilla position and he was doing this, um, you know, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, chanting like a fan, you know, like a fan word in the audience or whatever. 
you know, and that got people talking, and JD touched upon it, and it's like, well, you know, and the question I think JD asked was, you know, are we, you know, Tony is like, are you a fan or are you going to act like a boss? And that's the question a lot of people have had about Tony Khan when it comes to these moments, especially with what's going on. Like, you know, are you go- are you a fan or you are you going to act like a boss? Now there have been times though Tony Khan will put his foot down, maybe at the behest of, you know, WB the WBD, or maybe the behest of certain other man certain other uh, team members he has around him. You know, he will put his foot down, but most of the other time it seems that he's more uh, viewed as just being a fan that is just happy to have a wrestling company and have all this great talent around him that he's, he's always watched for years and now he's working alongside them and it's like yeah Tony that's great but you know again as I mentioned before there's a difference between being a wrestling fan and being a boss you know and a lot of people and I've said this before in fact I just said it moments ago that you know it seems all Tony Khan is really doing honestly all Tony Khan is really doing, honestly, is just, you know, basically, you know, trying to flaunt the fact that he, he's one. He's a rare case of being a wrestling fan that has all this money. He has all this money and everything, and now he's able to, you know, you know, live out the dream that all fans want, and that's own their own company, be able to sign all this great talent, and all that. And then basically, even if he's not, you know, coming out and saying it, he's shoving it right in the face of WWE, right in the face of Paul Levesque, Triple, a.k.a. Triple H, or Vince McMahon, or, you know, he's shoving it in the face of, you know, New Japan and Triple A, those that he associates with, or even RevPro, another place he associates with, or, or even, um, you know, Impact and MLW and PWG and GCW, you know, he's shoving it in their face. By saying, but mostly he's showing it in the face of, you know, the likes of WWE by saying, ha ha, see, I'm a wrestling fan. I'm just an re- average wrestling fan. And I'm proving, to, proving the fact that I can put a better wrestling product on, on than Vince McMahon and Triple H and they've been doing it for years. I'm a better promoter. See, we fans know what we're doing da, 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 because we come on here, you know, because we come out all the time and say we can do better. Well, guess what? I'm proving it. You know, and, fan, and, 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 and fans of, and if that's how fans are viewing him, Especially, again, with the recent, you know, revelation, you know, that he was doing the CM Punk chant in Gorilla when CM Punk came out, uh, came back. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, first of all, TK, and I've said this before, I don't know if JD's ever said it or Alex has just, or just Alex of Alex's world has said it or anybody has said it, you know, but TK, his thing, when we fans come out, out and we say you know, where we're ranting or criticizing or whatever, you know, the, the wrestling product, whether it's WWE, Impact, NWA, you know, GCW, you name it, you know, when we come out and criticize, you know, the product, you know, for some of the, you know, stupidity that we see being showcased, you know, when we come out and criticize it, and along with that criticism or ranting, we say, hey, you know, give us the book. We could probably book a better show and better product than than Vince can, or better. Give us the, you know, give us the opportunity. We could book a better show and product than Triple H can. You know, when we say that, TK, when we say that, we're not saying that because we want 
we're we're daring, we're challenging WWE or NWA or whoever to to literally do it. No, we're saying that out of frustration. We are venting our frustration. In other words, don't take what we're saying seriously about, hey, we could book a better show. No, we're just venting our frustration. That's it. You know, that's all we're doing. We're venting our frustration, and it's something you shouldn't have to take seriously. Because if you're going to take it seriously, then all you're doing is putting a black eye on the IWC. Because if even those within the industry, like a Triple H, you know, like a Scott Demore over at Impact, you know, like a Bill Apter, if you will, you know, and maybe he won't say it to your face, but maybe even your good friend Meltzer and everything, you know, like, you know, and even those that have an association in the business, like a JD or an OTR Central, you know, or a Solo Monster, you know, you know, if they're coming out and basically viewing you as that, you know, as that, you know, being a fan that's trying to prove fans could do better, then again, what you're doing is you're putting a black eye on the IWC because that's how they see us at times. They see us as, you know, coming out and complaining and saying we could do this better, but not, but not coming out and proving it or anything. And that all we really are is talk. All we really are is talk. Now, true, Tony Khan, you, you've come out and you've proven it can be done if you have the money. But, you know, we as fans even realize that if we were to make it happen ourselves, we have to, we have to separate ourselves from being the fan and being a boss. And, uh, again, when you come out and uh, when it comes out and it's revealed that you did something like that, you know, along with all the other antics and, you know, reactions and stuff that you've done, you know, publicly or not publicly, but it gets revealed later on. Again, it doesn't, and it, and it basically paints you more as a wrestling fan than a boss. And, you know, people are going to view you like that. People in the business are going to view, view you like that. Lance Storm, who, you know, shows up on the Wrestling Observer sometimes, will view you like that, you know? Even though I think Lance Storm has made an appearance for you, he'll view you like that. You know? I mean, there are those probably in AEW that view you like that. And probably ask themselves, well, why You know, why is he acting more like a fan and not like a boss? Why is he taking charge? What's going on here? Like, who's... Even they probably ask the question of who's running the ship. You know? But, you know, it's... But again... But, but again, and again, Tony, there is a... There is a major difference, a major difference when it comes to running a promotion, you know, as a boss and running it as a fan. Because as a fan, you're doing exactly what a lot of people are accusing you of doing. You are letting the inmates run the asylum. All because you're in awe and awe and shock and surprise and and basically you're in that worshipping mode of all hail punk. All hail Danielson. All hail the elite. You know, that's all you're acting like. You're not acting like a real boss. You're acting more like a fan that worships and kisses the feet and the ground that they walk on. And you can't be doing that. Because again, what that does is, 
what that does by by your own extension or by your own re, you know actions and everything by extension it makes the IWC fans like us look bad and all we ever do is just come out and say you know certain things like oh we could do a better product we could book a better show whatever uh, than Triple H or Vince McMahon or this person or that person all we're doing like I said is just venting our frustration we're venting how we feel you know we're basically you know, we're basically telling you through our venting, yeah, this is what, if we had the opportunity, this is what we could, we could do. But what we should also be telling you is, hey, don't take what we just said seriously. We're just, you know, ranting. We're just venting how we feel. You know, we're, we're not saying we can do it or anything. We're just venting our frustration, you know. And yet you, again, and yet here we have Tony Khan, you know, being, you know, basically proving you know, you know, proving all the critics of oh, wrestling fans don't know what to do or don't know what to say. They can't run a company, you know, correctly and all that because they'd be too much in awe of the talent they would have. Here you have Tony Khan with some of the actions he's done, including the more recent one of Channing for CM Punk, you know, in gorilla position as a fan, you know, proving the critics right. You know, proving the Triple H's, the Vince McMahon's, the Demores, you know, the the Brett Lauderdale's and. And all of them, you know, that are promoting, you know, the the promotions out there from, you know, WWE to Impact to MLW to GCW to AAA to New Japan, Rev Pro, you name it. You know, here you have somebody proving them all right. And that is something that Tony Khan needs to stop doing. He needs to stop doing. In, I mean... And again, his his wife fans still look at him, you know. Not one. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, guys. But like I said, um. But like I said, you know, here you have Tony Khan proving all those critics. Is, you know, which are basically current promotion, promoters and owners and, and everything of places like WWE and such, you know, correct. Here you have him proving those that have been critical about him owning a company and not acting like a real boss and more like a fan, correct, you know, and everything. And he needs to stop doing that. I mean, when they see that Punk is able to have someone that you put in talent relations, you know, a talent relations, they a management position, a position that's higher than Punk on the totem pole, if you will, because he's a talent. And yeah, he may have some say in le- some say in voting power here and there when it comes to collision and all that. But when people hear that he caused, you know, a head of talent relations and Christopher Daniels to be sent home when that shouldn't have happened, that puts people questioning, you know, who's really in charge. Is it the talent? Or is it Tony Khan? You know, is it is it the talent or is it Tony Khan? And again, it gets people, you know, questioning. You know, you know the status like it, it gets people questioning that status quo in a major major way. You know, it's like it's like at any job, if. If I, when I was working at Target or Walmart, Target and even before that Walmart, if I was to, you know, have say in who shows up, 
you know, over, let's say, my bosses and I got what I wanted, then people and then others follow suit like, oh, I don't want this. I don't want that. Da, 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 da. Or I don't want this person there. I don't want that person there. You know, again, the question would be raised, who's running the ship? Who's really in charge? Is it the management? Is it the store owners? Or is it or is it the associates? Is it the attendee? You know, you know, that that's what they'd be wondering. Like, who's really running things, honestly? You know, who's really running things and all that? You know, that that's what they'd be, you know, that's what people would be questioning. Because, again, if someone like me, as a cashier, or an attendant, or associate, was to tell, uh, was to say, well, I don't want this manager here because I can't get along with them, or they're connected with this person. And the higher-up said, okay, that guy, okay, that person goes home. Uh, you know, they're not fired. Or uh, uh, they're not fired or laid off. They're just going to go home because you're here. You know, if I was able to do that and others were able to do that, then even the customers would be asking, well, like, you know, who's running things? Well, maybe the customers wouldn't care, but still, word would get out most likely, and they'd be questioning, okay, who's really running the ship here? Who's steering the ship? Is it the associate attendees or is it the management? Because management should be able to tell someone like me, well, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way, but they're your, they're your friend and manager, or they're your uh, assistant manager for today, so they're staying. You know, I wouldn't have no say in it. I'd have to be like, okay, okay, I'll, I'll do, I'll be like, okay, fine, you're the boss. Whatever you say goes, I'll just, uh, I'll just find a way to de deal with it, just find a way to tolerate it. You know, you know, and, and to me, again, that brings up the big Again, that brings up that question of, you know, you know, again, that, hold on, I lost my track of thought there. Hold on. Okay, sorry about that. I lost my track of thought. But, you know, that, that basically that wouldn't bring up any suspicion or it wouldn't get people talking, you know, at all. If my manager was to tell me, well, I, I'm sorry you feel that way, but, you know, they're the boss. They're the, man, they're the person I put in this position, so they're staying you just got to tolerate it. You just got to swallow your pride. Or, hey, there's the door. Don't let it hit, hit you on the way out. And I have to be like, look, fine. I Look, fine, you're the boss. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say any more. I'll just do my job and hopefully things will turn out all right. And, you know, people, and again, that would raise less suspicion. That would raise less suspicion, you know, on... On who's running the ship, if you know what I mean. So when you hear something like CM Punk having someone that basically is above him being sent home because you know by him or by Tony Khan, you know for CM Punk or whatever the situation was, you know it really brings into question who is running the ship. Is it the talent that's running the ship or is it Tony Khan? You know, and from a show perspective, it's like who's running the ship. Is it CM Punk running the ship on Collision, or is it Tony Khan? Is it, you know, the Elite, you know, running the ship on Dynamite, or is it Tony Khan? You see, that's where fans, you know, they, uh, they will question, you know, whether or not Tony Khan should be running the company. Period. You know, should he be running the company? Period, or should he be, you know, handing over, 
that title, that job to someone that has more experience in the business. You know, I'm just saying. You know, I'm just saying. Because, again, when you have something like this coming out, and you have reports of Tony Khan chanting, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk, while he's in gorilla position, like a freaking fan. And instead of, you know, going up to Punk, maybe giving him one of his hugs, shaking his hand and say, hey, welcome back, let's get to work. You know, what... Sorry about that. But like I said, you know, basically that it brings into question like who's really running the ship. And again, like I said, if there are people that do view the fact that Tony Khan, if he's not capable of running the ship uh, correctly, you know, as a, as a boss and not as a fan, and he can't tell the difference between the two, then maybe he should hand it over to someone that has experience in the business. And that might be what happens. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised in the future that if WBD, mostly Zaslav or Captain Finch or whoever, contacts Tony Khan and says, Tony, we're hearing all these things. You're acting, we're hearing all these things. We're hearing you're acting more like a fan instead of a boss. You know, maybe, maybe you should hand that, maybe you should hand over control of the company to someone in the, in the company that has experience in this business because you're not showing that you're capable of doing it. You know, maybe that happens, and Tony Khan's like, okay, well, let me see who I can find. And it might be, it might be an Arn Anderson he gives it to. Maybe it's a Steve Borden he gives it to. We don't know. We don't know. It's like he'll still own the company, but as far as running the day-to-day operations, give it to somebody that has experience. You know, that's how people, that's how a lot of people feel, you know, feel, you know, he should be doing anyway right now. You know, because when you get reports of him doing that cheer and everything, the chanting for punk, you know, acting like a fan, it doesn't make him or the company look good. Along, especially along with all these reports coming out of, you know, this happening, that happening, you know, within the span of a year, you know, all, you know, all starting with what happened at All Out's media scrum brawl and everything, and now kind of continuing here almost a year later, it, it and, and all the stuff before that and in between, you know, it, it doesn't paint him and the company in a good light. It doesn't. And, you know, if I'm Tony Khan, you know, and I want to prove, hey, my company is the alternative, but I can also take responsibility, then I need to basically differentiate myself from being a fan and being the boss. You know, so that that, that that's what I would do if I'm Tony Khan. Now, I, now look, are there times he'll take things seriously, you know, when it comes to being the boss of AEW, he'll act like a legitimate boss? Yeah, he will. I mean, what he's doing for the Maui file, the Maui wildfires and everything, you know, over there in Hawaii, what he's doing with his next, these next three shows starting tomorrow night, with it being called, with with basically being three episodes, you know, subtitled Fight for the Fallen, you know, I have to, you know, I have to applaud him for it. I have to give him credit for it. I really do. But, you know, as far, but as far as, outside of that and some other things that he's actually shown that he could be a boss about, he could be mature about, this, you know, you know, outside of those, these other things, you know, has not been a good reflection on his part, you know, especially when it comes to being the one that owns the company and runs the company. Because what you're doing is you're basically proving anybody asking the question of, who runs, you know, AEW? Like, who runs the collision portion, dynamite portions of AEW? And as far as, as far as 
people are concerned, those in the business, probably those that work for Tony Khan and everything, you know, those that are, you know, uh, those that have uh, been critical about about him and everything. Hold on for a sec. You know, and basically, again, you know, he's he's proving all these people, you know, that work for him, that see him this way, you know, correct. Because, again, you can't tell me people in his company that work for him, part of his management team, his agent team, and even the talent don't see him more as a fan than a boss and everything. You can't tell me they don't because they do. They just won't say anything because, you know, they don't want to ruffle his feathers and maybe cause themselves to lose their jobs, you know. It's it's just one of those situations where I think Tony Khan needs to be sat down by his dad or sat down by somebody and basically told, look, you are the boss of this company. We know you're a fan, but you need to act more like a boss. So why don't you take your fan side, of, take that fan side of you, put it over here, you know, for the time being and focus more on being a boss. Because again, a lot of people are going to view him like that based on all his actions. Again, you know, with the Maui situation and other stuff, yeah, he's proven he can be a boss. He can take things seriously and be mature about it. But outside of that, you know, outside of that, basically, you're looking at 90% or 85, 85% more, you know, showcasing him as more of a fan than a boss. And that's not good, especially with what's going on right now. Again, in the past year, Sorry about that, but, you know, like I said, basically, you know, a lot of fans are going to, again, like I said, he, he's shown he can be mature about stuff. He can take things seriously, like with what he's going to be doing this week to, you know, to uh, support um, support the victims of the Maori wildfires and everything. Um, but outside of that and a few other things, 85% of the way people view him those probably in his company, talent and management and team-wise, and those that talk about wrestling, you know, that have been in the business and everything, like a Booker T, a Russo, a, a Bischoff, a Cornette, you know, um, you know, and Hannibal, you know, you name it. You know, those that have been in the business, you know, in some capacity, you know, 85%, basically, they... Basically, they see 85% of him acting more as a fan than what he's done. Because 15%, like I said, is connected to what, like, what he's doing this weekend for the Maui wildfires and other stuff. But outside of that, no. That 85% is more uh, viewed, you know, that, 80, other, that other 85% of him is viewed more as a fan that doesn't know what they're doing. And again, you have people like a Russo. People like a Bischoff, people like a Booker T, people like, you know, a Jim Cornette, you know, people like a Dutch Mandel, you know, people that have been in this business that know what they're doing, that have run promotions and everything, past and present, you know, you have people basically saying that the, that, you know, that, you know, you have people saying that they applaud him for doing certain things like wanting to send proceeds to help the victims in Maui. You know, they have him applauding for act doing that and everything as well as some other stuff. You know, as well as some other stuff and and, and such. 
But then you have them basically saying, well, that's all good, but that's only 15% of him being, but that's only, but that's only the 15% of him that's acting more mature, acting more grown up, more like a real boss, a real owner of a company. While this other 85% of him is acting more like a fan because he's letting all this crap happen, you know, um, in front of his eyes and he's not doing anything about it. You know, so, so yeah, you have, you have a lot of people that I've mentioned that have been in the business, Hall of Famers, Legends, you name it, that, ha that are criticizing him being more of a fan that just had money to create his own wrestling company. Basically, you know, acting, basically not acting like a real boss you know, 100% of the time. And then only 15% of it happened, you know, shows up when it needs to. You know, like with certain situations, like what's going on in Maui. But, you know, outside of that, it's like, you know, they look at him and it's like, how can we really take him seriously when he's acting more like a boss? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you know, I guarantee you, honestly, that... You know, how do I, I guarantee you, Dutch tell. once word gets out to him, and I'm sure it's going to get brought up if not already, he's going to basically say something along the lines of, well, maybe Tony Khan shouldn't be running the company. Like, he can own it, but maybe he shouldn't be running the wrestling portion of it, you know, at all. Because if he's acting like a fan chanting for CM Punk, you know, upon his return in gorilla position, that's not good. That's not good. You know, and if it's not detrimental, you know, you know damn well that Jim Cornette or Vince Russo will say it. Maybe even Bischoff will say it. You know, because they've been critical. It's like they they shed some positivity towards AEW and to, towards Tony Khan when it's uh, when it's uh, meant when it's meant to be you know showered and everything towards him. But most of the time, they view him as just a fan that had money that created his own wrestling company, but doesn't take it seriously because he just. As I mentioned earlier, just wants to shove it in the face of, let's say, Vince McMahon in WWE saying, Ah, see, we fans, we fans could do a better job than you guys that have been in the business. I apologize for that. That was, that's my mom cheering for the Giants, so I apologize for that. But anyway, you know, they view him, like I mentioned earlier, someone that's trying to flaunt what he's done in front of Vince McMahon, WWE, and Triple H and say, Ah, see... We fans can do a better job than you guys can. And it's like, it's like, okay, fine, you've proven that, but now you need to prove yourself to be a boss. You need to prove yourself as being someone that's not going to take BS anymore from anybody. That, you know, whatever situations, you know, that, you know, arise backstage or whatever, you need to squash. And that you need to show to people, like a CM Punk, hey, you know, I may value you as one of the faces of my company right now, but I'm the boss. So if I want Christopher Daniels here because he's, you know, head of talent relations and as well as I want him performing on collision, guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. And, you know, that, you know, and that's all he needs to do. That's all he needs to do. Now he needs to step up and do that kind of stuff. But, you know, along with, you know, him not doing that, again, basically 85% of him showing that 85% of him 85% of him, I should say, showing that he's more fan than, than boss in everything, you know, with, you know, with that side showing more so than the other side, which is only like 15% in the eyes of many fans, you know, again, it's like, you know, 
it, it doesn't paint a good picture. Especially when you tie in the fact that by now, if he was taking this seriously as a boss and not as a fan, we would have an entire card for both all in and all out already, you know, already set to go. We'd have all the matches, you know, set for all in. We'd have all the matches set for all out. No, you know, no matter what the situation. You know, no matter what the situation. So, you know, because he'd be, you know, because he'd be basically be acting more as a boss and, you know, someone that's taking this seriously than a fan. And again, because he's not doing it, it doesn't paint the company in a good light. I mean, yeah, he's going to be able to flaunt the fact that from an attendance perspective, he was able to break, you know, the actual attendance records that WWE put out there for WrestleMania 32, WrestleMania 3, SummerSlam 92. You know, he's going to be able to come out and say that. He's going to be able to come out and say, hey, we broke the damn records and everything. The actual attendance records, you know, uh, fan-wise for all those events. You know, he'll be able to do that. You know, that you can't take that away from him. You know, but is that, but is that all he's, is, but is that all he's going to hang on to? You know, from here on in, even even if he sells out all out, which I'm sure he's going to, you know, at the United Center, but is that what he is that going to be his, you know, his uh, go-to anytime he wants to flaunt flaunt in the face of a of a Vince McMahon or any critics or a Triple H or any critics that look down upon AEW as a piss and t-shirt company or secondary promotion, you know, is that going to be his go-to? Saying, well, I sold out. I sold, I broke all your records, and I broke all the WWE's actual attendance records and everything with all in London, so I have proven that we fans could do a better job than those that have been in the business a long time, so, nee, 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 kind of deal. It's like, is that going to be his go-to? Or, after all in, or after all in and everything, you know, you know, after all in, it's just checking something there. But you know, after all in, is he gonna finally settle down? You know, and be, you know, an actual boss. Be, you know, someone that takes what he does seriously. You know, and everything. Now that he's accomplished, you know, his goal. That he's finally been able to, on an international, if not worldwide basis, show that AEW is not secondary, but on the same level as WWE, basically at equal footing. You know, will he finally be able to be like, okay, I've accomplished it, I've shown that a fan could do this, now I'm going to take things seriously. Is he going to do that? We don't know. We don't know, but right now, with what's going on behind the scenes and everything, you know, not just recently, but in the past year, you know, from the all all out media scrum brawl to to what's happened recently, you know, and as well as in between and before, yeah, that's that doesn't paint him in a good light as as someone that should be running a company. That basically puts him in a in the eighty five percent category of the wrestling the wrestling side of him being more in more upfront than that fifteen percent of him fifteen percent side of him that's the boss that should be up front because 100% of it should be the boss or 100% should be a 50-50 balance of fan and boss but 
yeah, Tony Khan, you definitely you definitely need to wake up and try to balance out being a fan and a boss and make it work or choose one over the other. And if you choose a, being a fan more so than a boss, then maybe maybe somebody needs to step up and tell you, "Hey, give the reins of the company that you own to somebody to take care of wrestling sidewise and you go take care of everything else." Like you'll still own it, but give it to someone that can actually take care of stuff. So, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, what's going on right now definitely shows that he's more fan than boss. And he needs to he needs to basically stop, stop acting. He basically needs to stop acting more as a fan and acting more as a boss. He needs to either be 100% boss or he needs to be 100% fan and hand over the wrestling... They're taking care of the wrestling aspect of AEW Ring of Honor to someone that's been in the business longer and knows what they're doing. Or he needs to find that perfect balance. 50-50 fan, 50-50, 50 percent fan, 50-50, 50 percent fan, 50% boss. That's what he needs to do. But that's just my opinion. And that's about gonna do it, guys, for this uh, wrestling news uh, video that I originally wanted to live stream last night, but the internet decided to take a dump on me for about 15 minutes because Xfinity, as I said at the beginning, decided, oh, we're going to do some maintenance, but we're going to actually disguise it as a planned outage when it's really not. But anyway, though, guys, I just wanted to come on here and talk about the, all the news items that's been coming out, out between WWE and AEW. Uh, let me know what your thoughts are down below. You will get a podcast version of this at my BW Roses Discussions podcast, which you can find in all your favorite podcast outlets except for Pandora but more specifically find it at Spotify that will help me out in a big big way but you know let me know what your guys' thoughts are also check out my Teespring store for merchandise you can't get anywhere else support me over at Patreon at BW Roses check me out at twitch.tv slash BW Roses as well and at Vimo at BW Roses um, as well but guys let me know what your thoughts are I'd love to hear from each and every one of you on this what are your thoughts on all the news items I had to say and yeah, let me know. And until next time, guys, hope you all have a good Tuesday evening. 